1: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere.
0: Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with this week on the podcast, Blue Jays broadcaster Mike Wilner. First of all, Mike, thanks for taking a few minutes to join us on the podcast.
1: Oh, well, thanks for asking me to pinch in. Happy to
0: do it. Yeah, Mike, taking uh, the place of Gregor for the week. And, uh, Mike, the Blue Jays snapped the three-game skid on Wednesday night. They did it with power, which is usually what this team does. But despite that three-game losing streak, when you look at what this team's been doing lately, you look at the standings. Right now, two-and-a-half back in the east. They've been playing good baseball. They're hitting. They've been pitching for the most part. You have to like where this team is, right, with two weeks to go before the All-Star break?
1: You have to love the way the, uh, the place that this team is, especially given the way they've played this year. I mean, they, they've, um, they haven't exceeded expectations in any fashion uh, except for the starting pitching. The offense that was supposed to be crazy potent uh, is near the top of the major leagues in home runs, but not in runs scored, and, and they're not scoring runs nearly at the rate where we expected a month ago, this was a bottom five offense in all of Major League Baseball, and they've they've woken up, but um, still not performing the way we expected them to be performing. The bullpen has disappointed, though it's coming around. Uh, they've won 21 to 32, so everything is kind of correcting itself. But given the way they started, um, to, to be right in the thick of everything is, uh, is pretty fantastic.
0: Yeah, let's get into the offense and the improved offense a little bit, because Here comes the reigning MVP in the American League, right? Josh Donaldson, player of the week in the American League last week, uh, where he hit 444, three homers, nine RBIs in the seven games. He's kept it up this week. Um, I think most people expected him to be great again this year, but there's always a little bit of a question, because last year he was so much better at the plate than he had been in Oakland. I mean, don't get me wrong. He was a great player with the A's. But he was so good with the Blue Jays in 2015. I think there was some question how how close to that he could get again. But right now he is locked in and looking like that MVP quality player again.
1: I never had a question to okay. be honest. Uh, you know, you look at what Donaldson did in in especially in 2000 and. 13 in Oakland. And he had a bad September in 2014. He was playing hurt, so that kind of knocked his numbers down. But that's playing in in Oakland, that ballpark, and in the AL West, Seattle and Anaheim, and places where it's not so easy to hit, right? And and you move to the AL East in Toronto immediately, uh, playing 81 games in Toronto as opposed to playing 81 games in Oakland should put your numbers through the roof. And it's why I sort of, and I don't want to say. I expected him to be one of the five best hitters in baseball, but I sort of expected this from Michael Saunders, too, getting out of Seattle and that ballpark where that gets in your head uh, and into a place like Toronto. I I think uh, that jump is hugely significant. And Donaldson was top eight MVP finisher his first two full seasons in Oakland. Um, So, you know, the jump from 29 to 40 home runs is – I mean, it's—I don't know if you could say well, going from Oakland to Toronto, you're going to increase your home run rate by 33%. But I mean, playing in Boston and New York, where it's easy to hit home runs, and Baltimore left field—you know—all that stuff. Moving from the AL West to the AL East uh, is hugely significant in in uh, expecting an improvement in offensive performance. So, yeah, I expected Donaldson to be able to maintain close to it be a top-five MVP candidate, as he has been before, and uh, hopefully the stiff neck that he's got now isn't going to force him to miss any significant time because he is really starting to come around, just like a lot of other guys on this team.
0: Yeah, he left the game in the ninth inning on Wednesday. The off day for the club on Thursday, hopefully that helps him out and he'll be okay to go on Friday. You mentioned other guys coming around. Wow, here comes Ed Wing, and, and it was special on Wednesday because it was Edwing t- t-shirt night, uh, they had a parrot in the dugout. I mean, this team's certainly having some fun right now. And and Encarnacion goes and hits another home run, continues to pile up RBIs, and and I, you know, everybody's talked. You have Batista, you have Encarnacion, both these guys free agents at the end of the year. What's the team going to do? Which one do you hold on to? And it continues to be tough to answer that question, doesn't it?
1: yeah it does, but you know what? there's a Well I tell people here in Toronto anyway, who get hung up on that that I don't care right now. It was the same thing with David Price last year. when David Price came here in August, the Blue Jays uh, as the Blue Jays uh, final piece to try to win a championship, which they ultimately fell a little bit short of. Uh and you know, immediately, August first, the call was, Well are they gonna keep David Price? What are they gonna do? David Price is gonna be free agent, are you gonna keep David Price? And my answer was, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Uh in Toronto we have waited so long for a team that was capable of, of doing great things uh, that all we do is get hung up on what's going to happen in the off season. Who are they going to keep? What are they going to do? It doesn't matter. Use them, win, and then figure it out. And that's my attitude uh, with Bautista and Edwin as well. Use them to win, and then let's see what happens. Uh, Jose, with the injury, with the turf toe, going to be out for a while, and 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 he's you know only hitting in the 230s, 240s. He's not having a Typical Jose Bautista year, even though he's getting on base, he's hitting some home runs, but the overall numbers are going to be down, uh, given this probably month that he's going to miss. So is he going to be able to go out and get four and a hundred on the market? I, I don't think so anymore. Uh, and certainly not the same as if he had had a healthy year. Edwin is on fire right now, but Edwin is also, you know, he's got a bad body and he's not a guy who looks like he's going to age well. And, and, uh, He has these little uh, minor injuries all the time. It's a hand, it's a back, it's a, you know, all these little things. So what's he going to be able to get long-term from somebody? I don't know that either. Uh, I know that with Edwin Encarnacion and Jose Bautista in 2016, the Blue Jays can be one of the best teams in Major League Baseball. So that's what we need to concentrate on.
0: Yeah, the answer is enjoy the team that you have while you have it, I guess. Uh, Absolutely. Fans always look into the future. It's just something I think I think we do as sports fans, always looking at next year. But yeah, certainly enjoy this team. Interesting, you, you brought up uh, last year in the trade deadline everything this team did because uh, on Monday Ross Atkins came out and said he doesn't see this team making any major moves before the deadline this year. He did cite getting Tulo back now. Uh, they'll get Batista back, they're gonna get Brett Cecil back. So there's guys that are gonna be added to this roster that will help. Um, I think part of this is they don't really have the system and maybe the prospects to go out and get somebody like they did a year ago. But um, if they're on the outside looking in but not out of it at the deadline, do you think he sticks to that? Or do you think this team could pull the trigger on a significant move?
1: I guess it depends on what significant means. Uh, I I think that they'll be looking and they'll be shopping and they'll be trying to add to the pitching um, at the deadline. I don't think that there's a David Price who's coming, but that doesn't mean that all the other stuff that happened couldn't happen too. Although, you know, we got spoiled last year because Alex Anthopoulos had the greatest trade deadline that you could argue any general manager has ever had in major league baseball history. He overhauled twenty percent of the roster, he filled every hole and uh and he did it with you know, he brought in some like borderline Hall of Famers and David Price and Troy Tulowitzki, along with the supporting characters Mark Lowe and, and LaTroy Hawkins and a leadoff man and Ben Revere. Um I don't think anyone's ever had a better deadline. But that's not gonna happen this year. But like you said, Ross Atkins said, Well, they'll be getting Batista back, they'll be getting Brett Cecil back, um, they'll be getting Aaron Sanchez back in the bullpen, uh, but the you know, it's gonna open up a hole in the rotation. I think that I uh, see I I don't know. I, I don't know these new guys as well as I knew the old regime, so I don't really know what Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins are gonna do at the deadline if the blue jays are Uh, are in it but not there or, you know, have holes that need filling in order to make themselves a championship team. This is the window, though. I mean, this is pretty much a win or bust year. You mentioned Edwin and Bautista being free agents. They are. So is Michael Saunders. So is Justin Smoke. So is Brett Cecil. So is Drew Storen. R.A. Dickey. know, the Blue Jays have ten significant free agents coming up. So this is the year. Um, and I, I think they recognize that, and I think that if they can work to to put them over the top this year, they probably will do something. The the system obviously isn't as deep as it was last year because they traded, what, 13 pitchers at the deadline last year. But the truth of the matter is, when you look at the trades, uh, to, to bring in those five people, uh, Price, Chulewitzki, Revere, Lowe, Hawkins, they gave up two significant pieces in Jeff Hoffman and Daniel Norris, maybe Matt Boyd uh, as far as, you know, high-level, um, close to Major League ready significant pieces. The other guys were uh, there was a lot of filler. They got Mark Lowe for nothing. They got Ben Revere for a guy that the Phillies didn't even protect in the Rule 5 draft. So every system's got a lot of that. And the Blue Chiefs still have a lot of that. And they still do have seven, eight, nine prospects that everybody wants. So if they wanted to, they could absolutely make a significant trade. I don't know if Shapiro and Atkins um, want to do that. But we'll see.
0: Yeah, we certainly will. One more thing I have for you, Mike. Um, if this team's going to make that run to October, in October, at some point they need their ace to look more like an ace and well, maybe marco Estrada has become the ace but beyond that uh marcus stroman certainly struggling last seven starts the era almost seven and a half and it it seems like maybe i don't know if he's trying too hard to turn it around Uh, i know he was quoted as saying he's over analyzing um is this more mental or is this more mechanical
1: It's more mechanical. It's, it's. I mean, the the mental always has a lot to do with it, but he's just simply not getting on top of his fastball. And, and when your your fingers aren't on top of the baseball when you let it go, you lose tilt. You lose downward plane. And when you're five eight, you lose downward plane. You're in a whole (laughs) lot of trouble. So you know he's got to be able to make that mechanical adjustment to get his hand on top of the ball when he lets it go. It really is as simple as that. Um, But. Yeah, you know, like like you said, Marco Estrada is the Blue Jays' ace. Marco Estrada's one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball. He just set a record in his last start. He's now gone 11 consecutive starts of at least six innings, five or fewer hits, and nobody in the history of Major League Baseball has ever done that before. Um, I, I relish the opportunity to talk about Marco Estrada on a national forum because nobody knows who this guy is. And he is, he has been unbelievable since he became a blue Jay. um, He's led the major leagues in opponents batting average leads the major leagues in weak contact, pop-up rate, stuff like that. I think since he broke into the major leagues, Estrada is top 5 in opponents batting average. Uh it's it's kind of kind of categorically insane how this guy is able to do this, topping out at 91. But the whole Stroman as ace thing, yeah, he started opening day and the Blue Jays love him and he's got amazing stuff. There's that FanGraphs article from 2 years ago comparing each of his pitches to uh you know, among the best in the game. And it's true. He's, he's got all the potential to be an ace, but he's 25. And he's in his first full season in the major leagues. And Marco Estrada is pitching like the ace of this team. And Jay Happ is pitching really well. And Ari Dickey's pitching really well. And Aaron Sanchez is pitching really well. So they don't need Marcus Stroman to be the ace, but they do need him to be a viable starter in a major league rotation. And five of, over five of his last seven starts, he's certainly not been that. And hopefully he starts to turn around soon.
0: Yeah, uh, that was great stuff on Estrada. And it's funny because I think most people think of Marco Estrada, oh, that's the guy that almost throws no hitters. (laughs) But it's not. It's a guy that's been incredibly consistent this season. He's really been unbelievable in that rotation. All right, Mike, that was great stuff. We really appreciate you joining us. That's going to do it for this edition of MLB.com Extras, our Blue Jays edition. For Mike Wilner, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week.